The first thing I'll, I'll simply presence in this Dharma talk is, is of course, today is Memorial Day, um, a day when in the United States we remember the people who died in service of our country. Um, and it always kind of astounds me, the, the founding fathers, they didn't even know Buddhism. Buddhism hadn't even reached the West yet, and yet in a way they were creating a place creating a kind of social system where there would be space for sanghas later on, you know? Um, and there's something so forward-thinking and something so uh, so noble about that. Like, I'm going to protect the space of ideas that I don't even know yet. Um, you know, it, it's so noble and, and so different from ordinary human tendencies, you know? I mean... In, in our country right now, I'm sure there are, you know, certain conservative forces who would love to shut down conversations like the ones we have here. You know, it's just it's just so striking the the nobility of uh, creating that that wide open possibility for anything. So I just want to acknowledge that. Um, my my talk tonight is about enthusiasm. And it's really, um, the, the topic was inspired by the fact that this coming Sunday is the Christian holiday of the Pentecost. And as, as you may know, the Pentecost is the, was the coming of the Holy Spirit. These, these very timid disciples who would live these very sheltered lives and, and you know, during Jesus' whole lifetime were completely dependent on him, um, Suddenly, the Holy Spirit descended, and they were emboldened, and suddenly they were willing to take all kinds of risks and travel across the Mediterranean and and spread this new religion with incredible zeal and fervor. Um, and the word enthusiasm, it, it's interesting. First of all, in, in the Buddhist tradition, it's one of the paramitas. It's one of the perfections of the Buddha. You know, and it it's funny because some of the others, you know, patience and discipline are things that we would more stereotypically associate with the Buddha. Um, enthusiasm, that, that's, that's kind of an odd one of, to be one of the six that are associated with the Buddha. The, the paramitas in English are generosity, discipline, patience, enthusiasm, concentration, and insight. So enthusiasm, you might say, is the bit, bit of the surprising one on that list. Um, etymologically, enthusiasm, it comes from the Greek, and it means having the presence of a god in one. Um, and the idea that when one spoke from a place of zeal, one was possessed by some aspect of the sacred. And, and certainly this was, um, this would be characteristic of the apostles at Pentecost. So there's a lot to say about enthusiasm. The first thing I want to do is is distinguish enthusiasm from excitement. Um, the word enthusiasm in English, I I think it's it's a very large word, and to some extent, its its meaning has been blurred a little bit, and it overlaps a little with excitement. and And I really want to distinguish it from excitement. Um, Excitement is a very particular brain state. Excitement is activation of the parasympathetic nervous system. 
The parasympathetic nervous system is the, is the rev us up system, the system that is involved in fight or flight response, the system that is involved in stress, in fear, in anxiety. Um, that's also the system involved in excitement. Um, insofar as I choose to live a life where I'm pursuing excitement, pursuing exciting experiences, I am reinforcing sympathetic nervous system pathways. Essentially, I'm practicing how to have stress or how to have anxiety if I'm pursuing excitement. Um, now, a, a little bit of excitement is certainly fine. I mean, a little bit of, you know, parasympathetic, little sympathetic arousal during the day is fine, you know, it's, you know, especially if it becomes an exercise or something like that, something where it's just um, you know, there's not a, a, an emotional attachment so much. It's just the revving up of the physical system. Um, I think one of the uh, profound fallacies of the culture we live in is people confuse excitement for happiness. And happiness is something very different. Happiness comes from the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the relaxation response of the body, the, 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 the warm, fuzzy nervous system, the place where we go when we relax and open and, and let all the tension drop away. Um, and really, when we think of enthusiasm as a paramita of the Buddha, the enthusiasm of the Buddha is not an excited enthusiasm. It's not a, you know, oh boy, oh boy kind of enthusiasm that the Buddha has. Um, really, to, to understand it, I'm going to call it more like a, a quiet enthusiasm or a centered enthusiasm or a grounded enthusiasm. Um, it's, it's very much the nature of excitement to unground us. Whereas the, the parasympathetic nervous system is a very grounding nervous system. And so first of all, I'll just pose that, you know, what would it feel like in your body to be calm and quiet, but enthusiastic? You know, and can you just feel what that would feel like in your body or imagine what that would feel like in your body? Another part of this has to do with, um, well, what sometimes is called locus of control, you know. Uh, <laughs> I know Virginia would like that. Um, I think there's a, a tendency in conventional society for people to say, this excites me, this doesn't excite me. I'm enthusiastic about this, I'm not enthusiastic about that. And sort of presenting enthusiasm as something very passive, like this thing makes me enthusiastic, that thing doesn't make me enthusiastic, you know, as if I'm just the passive recipient and I have no control over whether that, whether the enthusiasm button gets turned on or not, you know, in other words, it's turned on by something external. Um, and how to say, first of all, I think I always like to say it's one of the fundamental insights of Buddhism 
that there's a profound link between happiness and attention. Uh, and in particular, I think I would say, as, as I've gotten older, I think the way I would say it is, I think it's a, the, the most fundamental responsibility of adult life is with respect to the quality of our attention. You know, because all other virtues, all other healthy relationships, everything else depends on what kind of attention can I bring to it. And I think the, the paramita of, of the Buddha, the, the paramita of enthusiasm, one way to think about it is it's not so much looking for the the external thing, what's the experience out there that makes me enthusiastic, but rather realizing that enthusiasm is a quality of attention itself. That there is a quality of paying attention to the world with a, with a heart energy, with an openness, and there's a kind of vitality and richness that comes through regardless of the object of attention. Um, and I think this is, in many ways, the magic of the Zen experience. You know, the Zen stories are just full of all these, these Zen monks and, and all kinds of ordinary, you know, everyday occurrences. You know, the Tozan is weighing flax, and the, the, the monk comes to him and says, what is Buddha? And he says, three pounds of flax. You know, at that moment, he's having the Buddha experience through the flax that he's weighing. You know, um, and so it's a very interesting question. What is what is the quality of the attention that we manifest when we're at our best? And what is the, you know, have we ever tapped into that experience of just the enjoyment of attention itself? You know, and, and think about just times of, say, admiring something in nature, a sunset, flowers, something like that. And just mindfulness practice is all about just elevating the quality of attention to the ordinary. You know, and enthusiasm is really, it's almost a, a falling in love with the world by paying, through paying attention to it, you know. So at this point, I'm going to share the quote sheet. So I shared it with the Zoomies first. Get one for myself. leave the extra over there for now. So from the Tao Te Ching, from Lao Tzu, he's talking about the sage here. Who else could, gradually, could quietly and gradually evolve from the muddy to the clear? That's very much, incidentally, the action of the, of the parasympathetic nervous system of just relaxing and letting everything muddy become clear. 
Who else could slowly but steadily move from the inert to the living? And this idea that the, the energy, the enthusiasm, comes not out of a hecticness, but it rises almost from silence. It rises from stillness. The great master Kong, Confucius, said, When you are laboring for others, let it be with the same zeal as if it were for yourself. You know, and in our puritanical culture, we almost have to flip that around. When you're doing something yourself, make sure it's with the same zeal that you would have for somebody else, you know. William Blake said, For everything that lives is holy, life delights in life. That was a man in love with life. His friend, Mr. Coleridge, said, Nothing is so contagious as enthusiasm. Washington Irving said, Indeed, there is an eloquence, an eloquence in true enthusiasm that is not to be doubted. There's a wonderful story I remember coming across at one point about a Christian missionary who arrived in, in India, and this would have been like in the Renaissance period, you know, one of the first Christians to make contact with India. And he had done his best to learn Hindi, but his command of the language wasn't that good. And so he arrived there, and the holy men understood that he had some kind of spiritual teaching, so they gathered around him. And for an hour, he started to, like, preach as best as he could in his broken Hinduism, in his broken Hindi. Um, and they really couldn't understand what he was trying to communicate because his, his command of the language was so bad. But they were so blown away just by the enthusiasm that he had that they wanted to learn more, you know. And it's, it's an interesting question. How many times do we allow ourselves to enroll others with our enthusiasm? Oliver Wendell Holmes said, It's faith in something and enthusiasm for something that makes a life worth living. Thoreau said, enthusiasm is a supernatural serenity. I like that. Walt Whitman, probably one of the most enthusiastic people who ever lived, said, to me, every hour of the day and night is an unspeakably perfect miracle. This is a man who's in love with everyday experience. Charles Buxton said, experience shows that success is due less to ability than to zeal. James Whitcomb Riley said, the most essential factor is perseverance, the determination never to allow your energy or enthusiasm to be dampened by the discouragement that must inevitably come. From the Zen master Soyan Shaku, one of the Zen masters who brought Zen to America, he simply said, my heart burns like fire, but my eyes are as cold as dead ash. Just this idea of carrying this this quiet, intense enthusiasm within him that may not even be betrayed on his face, but it's just this quiet presence within him. Henry Ford said, Enthusiasm is the yeast that makes your hopes shine to the stars. Enthusiasm is the sparkle in your eyes, the swing in your gait, the grip of your hand, the irresistible surge of will and energy to execute your ideas. Churchill said, Success consists of going from failure to failure without a loss of enthusiasm. That's one to meditate on. 
Albert Einstein said, there are two ways to live your life. One is as though nothing is a miracle. The other is as, as if though everything is a miracle. Dale Carnegie said, Today is life, the only life you are sure of. Make the most of today. Get interested in something. Shake yourself awake. Develop a habit. Learn. Let the winds of enthusiasm sweep you through. Live today with gusto. Norman Vincent Peale said, If you have zest and enthusiasm, you attract zest and enthusiasm. Life gives back in kind. The photographer Gordon Park said, Enthusiasm is the electricity of life. How do you get it? You act enthusiastic until you make it a habit. Howard Cosell said, There is a still type of higher courage, the courage to brave pain, to live with it, to never let others know of it, and to still find joy in life, to wake up in the morning with an enthusiasm for the day ahead. That's a challenging one. Zig Ziglar says, people often say that motivation doesn't last. Well, neither does bathing. That's why we recommend it daily. Paul Meyer said, enthusiasm glows, radiates, permeates, and almost immediately captures everyone's interest. A lot of motivational speakers in the the quotes here. Joel Osteen said, one of the main reasons that we lose our enthusiasm in life is because we become ungrateful. We let what was once a miracle become common to us. We get so accustomed to its goodness that it becomes a routine. And it really is one of the tremendous poisons in life, taking things, taking blessings for granted. Arakos Brost said, Success is built in love, passion, and enthusiasm. It is brought to fruition through consistency, routine, and good habits. Laila Gifti Akita said, The possibility of the dream gives strength. That one is very simple but deep. Amit Kalantri said, Sometimes imagination outsmarts intelligence and enthusiasm outshines experience. Mishi McCoy said, I would rather drown in the depths of love than splash around on the shores of complacency. A Sunni lady zeal said, The first inclination of this generation is to talk, talk, talk about anything and everything, at any time and in any way. But the problem is, talk is a sham when it is from a person who knows not much and to whom talk is a pastime. No, stay silent, dream big, dare, take risks, think, talk, think, love. That's the definition of my zeal. That's the definition of greatness. And a wonderful African saying, those who love you are not fooled by the mistakes you have made or the dark image you hold about yourself. They remember your beauty when you feel ugly, your wholeness when you are broken, your innocence when you feel guilty, and your purpose when you are confused. That just is a beautiful one for about the way others support us.